West Automotive Group presents Auto Talk Radio with host Brian Bowersock and co-host Kevin Bowersock. Today's show is brought to you by West Escondido, West El Cajon, West Kearney Mesa, and West Miramar Automotive and Transmission. All part of the West Automotive Group. Get your automotive questions answered. Call Brian and Kevin at 1-888-344-1170. That's 1-888-344-1170. Now, here's your Auto Talk host, Brian Bowersock. All right, folks. Welcome to Auto Talk Radio, and thanks for joining us. Hey, we made it to 2021. Wow. <laughs> you don't look any better. <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> well, here we are, 2021. I don't do very good on this. This year is going to be a better year. I, I don't look at things that way. I'm like, every, I don't know. It's kind of I, I, me, I'm like, I, I just go, I don't know. How can believe, year, believe, believe, believe. That's I, all, folks. Well, I know, but I'm like, how can a year change change anything? I mean, it's either going to be, you know what I mean? Times are either good or they're bad. So it's it's the year, the year didn't do it to us. There's a whole lot of people that believe in this. I know. I'm just saying I don't. Okay. And I, and, I, and it's not that I don't disagree with. I mean, I don't disagree with your thoughts or whatever. I'm just saying what I believe. Well, it's been a good year so far. We're two days in. I know, and I'm talking, and I'm still upright, so hey. (laughs) Woke up and stood up. Here we are, 2021, bringing it in with a bang. Exactly. Not really. It's quite quite a quiet uh, New Year this year. Well, you know what? Even when I was younger, I'd sleep through the New Year. I never really was a go-out-on-New-Year's kind of guy, so. I used to. There's nowhere to go. (laughs) I don't know where to go now. (laughs) I'd rather get up early and make a good rib breakfast and then start the new year right <laughs> what was it uh when we were young and and we first uh, uh in first in business and, and you were living in the studio that i had in that house what was it that you cooked all the time on ribs no 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 no, no. on new year's day didn't you t- oh pork and sauerkraut <laughs> you do believe in this because you did that you always said that was for good luck right well that's because yeah, there was something mom and dad already did, you know. That was a European thing. But I, I, I haven't done it in a long time. Pork and sauerkraut. You sure it's not a German thing? I don't know. Well, the European thing. Okay. They, Germany is in Europe, you're right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got that one right. See, it's a good start to a year. I just like pork and sauerkraut, though, so come on. <laughs> you just like to eat. Let's be honest with yes, each other. Yes, I do. And, you know, it kind of bummed me out as I'm getting older. I can't eat like I used to, so, you know. I mean, I could. I shouldn't have been eating like that when I was younger, probably. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Welcome to our uh, 2021 uh, kickoff edition of Auto Talk Radio and uh, How to Cook Pork and Sauerkraut. <laughs> exactly. So I there's, there's many different ways. <laughs> very true. I think it's going to be a good year, though. So you're off to a good start. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, 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 2020. I mean. Uh, getting through this COVID thing, man, I felt really bad for a lot of people. I'm, I'm just hoping that even though I know you said, like, I don't really believe in your change. I'm just, it's, it's some, it's, it's a milestone to say we're done with this. Let's move on with this. That's well, what it's about. I'm sitting here. Cause it's hard for me to explain. It's like, I, you know what? I'm glad we're moving past this year. I'm not, it's not that I don't, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard for me to explain. It's not that I don't hope that this next year is better, but you know what I mean? I don't really put too much. Well, I at, on I, I at least hope that we're do- quickly done with all this COVID stuff. Yes. There you go. In this year, which we can say, which we thought was the summertime of last year, but here we are. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so uh, everybody, we hope you're hanging in there. We appreciate you joining us here on Auto Talk Radio uh, uh, here for the first show in 2021. Uh, we do appreciate you bringing, the, bringing this show to you. Uh, today, we're talking about... Uh, uh, that pesky check engine light and issues you can have with it when it comes on and turns on. Um, boy, there's a lot to talk about in this show. So we do appreciate you joining us and uh, 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 stay in tune for the hour. Um, we are going to uh, run this down and, uh, boy, just some good stuff. Uh, the most common uh, trouble codes that can cause your check engine light to And now not only do we have trouble codes, things that we have what's called permanent DTCs, which can spin your head around. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about that your car can pick up and tell on and do so and cause issues with. And and we're going to try to run through some of this and just give you an idea. But it's extremely important. And as I often say, uh, uh, 
the best money ever spent on any repair will be proper diagnosis by a qualified technician at a quality facility. That will save you so much money in the long run because there are so many things that can set codes. And people are often in the misconception that uh, uh, we scan a vehicle, it gives you a code, and it tells you what to replace. Does it work that way, Kevin? No. Uh, you know what? I'm going to bring up I'm gonna bring up my, my full-size truck right before I had to smog it. I ended up with an EVAP code in it, mm-hmm. and it was actually the plurge valve code. Mm-hmm. I, my 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 cat wouldn't run the monitor mm-hmm. and what else was going on with it? There was two monitors I couldn't get to run and I had an EVAP code. I, and it kind of at first it kind of threw me thing. You know what it was? There's a sensor that goes on the on, on the fuel pump you know the the assembly that goes down in there that that checks the vacuum in the pump tank in, in pressure tank. sensor. Yeah. Well it had fallen out. It, there was no codes for it no, I mean, so at first I was kind of looking, you know, the first 20 minutes of me going through this, I was looking in the wrong direction still. And then I real, I go, okay, I got to go back to the basics and I got to start and check everything. Mm-hmm. And when I went back to check my thing, That's I realized. With your vehicle, you you did a jump start on it where you just like, oh, it's got, you know, and then you're looking, you're like, oops, no, I better go back and do it like we do it with everything else. Exactly. Because it, for, that's what I'm saying. So just looking at that code, that can send you, in, just, just like the O2 sensor thing. Just because there's an O2 sensor code, that doesn't mean that it's got anything to do with the O2 sensor. It, it could be a vacuum leak. Exactly. So here, in the problem that you had with this thing is, so that sensor, when the solenoid turns on, is supposed to see a vacuum pull in the tank or a drop in pressure in the tank. Yes. And and when it doesn't, when it's supposed to, then it says that the solenoid's bad, not the sensor itself. Yes, it doesn't think that the solenoid's opening or closing. It doesn't think it's closing to actually draw the vacuum on the tank because it was sitting at zero. Mm-hmm. So it just thought that that solenoid wasn't closing. So in that case, the sensor could have been bad. But did you say it fell out? Well, I mean, it basically stayed at zero. It was dead. Oh, so the sensor was bad. Yes. Okay, but that sensor was bad, but it it set a code for the solenoid, which because the solenoid, it thinks, that sensor thinks the solenoid's not opening or closing to change the pressure. Yes, Yeah. exactly. So that's my, that's just like that O2 sensor thing, just because you get an O2 sensor doesn't mean, the O2 sensor is just seeing something really lean if you have a vacuum leak. Correct. So. Especially lean codes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you know, it just you can't. or even O2 sensor codes because if it's so lean, the O2 sensor is stuck on one side. It may not even set a. It'll set a lean code plus it may set a sensor code itself because it's not switching in the amount of time required. And when we say switching, if you were talking about O2 sensors and fuel ratio sensors, um, they monitor the oxygen content in the exhaust after the burn. And just a heads up, it goes up and down in voltage, and it has to switch so often, which helps tell the computer rich and or lean the system. Well, if it sticks on one end, like on the lean side of the uh, voltage, um, it will set a lean code. It can also set a sensor code. But like Kevin said, in this case, he with the solenoid in that for the EVAP system, a totally different system, it's it's not. It won't tell on itself. It's saying there's a problem. And and we, th- I think it's this because the voltage didn't change in here. But really, that's not the problem. The problem is, is that that sensor went bad and it's just stuck. Well, you also got to remember when they write these programs, it, it's it's all most of the problems they write in there. The engineer does or whoever writes the software, they're, they're looking for common problem for for it to tell on itself. So this is probably something somewhere in the software it wasn't in there to not notice this thing was at zero. You, I don't exactly. know if I'm explaining that right. No, but. no, no. I, I, exactly. So, but that's why we go through the diagnosis, and which uh, then says, "Hey, test this sensor," and we test that sensor, and the sensor's not working. We go, "Okay, that's why. That's why the problem is." And that's where proper diagnosis, having the information, and knowing what you're doing, is extremely important. Otherwise, if somebody just scanned that and thought that you were and replaced the solenoid, guess what? Same problem. Same problem. It wouldn't go away. Exactly. So, and the other reason that, 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 so a lot of times also, and you said that certain monitors hadn't run, the catalyst monitor. Yes. In the programming of these cars, when we're trying to get ready for smog, um, an issue like with EVAP, the catalyst monitor may never run because, and here we go, I'm going to use this word, it's called criteria. And you need criteria um, that the program set to, and part of the criteria was that the EVAP mo- has to run first. And it has to have a, 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 a verified uh, um, 
uh, uh, set set the monitor that it's positive, right, on EVAP before the catalyst monitor will even run. Yes. So, and that's all in the software. So you can go round and round and round with these things if you don't know what you're looking for. So this is the funny part too, because I had just jumped in my truck. I was headed to Arizona, and I'm in I'm in San Diego. I jump in the truck. Chicken's light comes on. So I'm like, hold on. I put the scanner on it, and I'm like, okay, it was an EVAP code. It's not a. It's not a. I just figure because sometimes them solenoids will stick on you, and it's not that I'm not going to take care of this, but I'm like, okay, I, you know what? I want to clear the codes on it and just see what happens because you know this will tell me if it's sticky solenoid or I got something well, definitely and, bad. And, and the EVAP code typically is not going to leave us alongside the road. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't an engine performance problem. So I, I drove that truck to Erzberg, uh, which is on the other side of Blythe, California, which is like I think uh, it's about a three hour trip. So I think it's like a hundred. A couple hundred miles, okay? Mm-hmm. Came back, drove it back home, and I drove it. I stayed there for a couple of days, and I drove it around, and I drove it back home, and I remember putting the scanner back on, and I'm like, the code hasn't come back yet, but my my cat hadn't ran yet, neither. Yeah, I got you. And I was like, huh. And the next morning, I got up to check it, and I came back on. Yeah. Well, EVAP, it, you, EVAP criteria to run an EVAP monitor, obviously, has to fall in certain uh criteria and it, sometimes it could be days before an evap monitor will even attempt to run right well yeah but i also kind of wonder if this one because that sensor was going bad it, that's remember that's not the code it, it's not there's not even a setting a code for that sensor that moment it's setting it for the solenoid correct so i was wondering if there's something in there where it was trying to find or maybe that sensor worked for a little bit or i don't know you know what i mean it's hard to tell it's, well and that's why we need all the information we do to go through and test that because every vehicle and i don't care not every GM's written the same. You can go from one model to another, and they've changed all the criteria well, or whatever. You had a different guy writing the programming. Well, you had a different engineer. You had a different guy writing the software programming. There's a lot of difference. Even if, even though it's a GM, it doesn't mean that the same guy... Well, it depends on the team that worked on the vehicle. Exactly. Or that they found that if we write it this way, it works better. They're always and they're always updating, changing things, and making yes. things different, so in criteria-wise. So that's what, with, with the diagnostic cards, people think you know like there there used to be an auto parts store i don't know if they still do it'd be like stop by we'll scan your vehicle okay great so you got a 14 dollar an hour guy that sells parts Hold scanning on. vehicles they still do it just to let you know before you okay. finish this. <laughs> these are the cars that we see you think you're saving money and they come in and they're like uh, and and you, we like look at it like yeah the check engine lights coming on and, the, and a lot of times the client will be like and it has this code and you're like, okay, so you're somebody that's been scanning the vehicle, apparently. Um, and then you look under the hood, and you're like, oh, look, there's a mass airflow sensor on it, two new oxygen sensors, there's all new fuel injectors. When you get to the end of this, you put a lot of money in parts. Here's the problem. If you're not putting quality parts on the vehicle or they're installed in properly, you can create other issues. And besides that, every time that, that you clear this code out of there, data that we needed to diagnose it is gone <laughs> that's what i was going to bring up right there it's not that i minded you scan it or whatever but this is the ones that drive me crazy is they scanned it they cleared the code then they bring it right down and you're like what was the code even i don't know i don't remember it was and then they'll give you like it was p0 something something I'm like, well that's only nine thousand codes it could be <laughs> Exactly. And the point to that is where it can be, I mean, but not only does it set a code, but if you know what you're looking at, uh, we go into mode six and all this and we can look at all the data when it, it's kind of like a black box, right? When it happened, the load on the engine, what, you know, what, what, what the, the, uh, uh, was commanding as far as fuel control, you know, were we in a rich or lean scenario, uh, you know, all the block Everything in there is took a snapshot of when this code set, right? Yes. So, and why? I mean, it gives you what all the sensors were doing, all our readings. And when you clear it, it clears all that stuff. So, it'd be like if an airplane crashed, somebody found the block box, and then just like cleared all the data out and said, okay, here now, what do you want to do with this? There's nothing there. So, uh, that doesn't help. So do not, like Kevin said, do not clear the codes on things like that. It's never, never a great idea to do so. Um, we're going to get that. So, all right, folks, uh, you're listening to Auto Talk Radio here on The Answer San Diego 1170 and uh, Praise. We're going to take our first break, and then uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Stay tuned, and we'll see you shortly. 
There's more Auto Talk education and empowerment on the way here on Auto Talk Radio. Get on the line and get your automotive questions answered by the Auto Man here on Auto Talk Radio. Brian Bowersock, 888-344-1170. Now, here's more Auto Talk with Brian Bowersock. All right, folks, welcome back to Auto Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brian Bowersock, and the house with me still is my co-host, Kevin Bowersock. And we're talking about that pesky check engine light, mill light, etc., um, but uh, before we get going, I do want to remind folks, the show is brought to you by the Auto Talk Radio is brought to you by the West Automotive Group, uh, which consists of West Escondido Automotive and Transmission up at uh, 2200 Auto Parkway in Escondido, AAA approved and star certified for smog for the state of California for coming up on 28 years taking care of folks up there in the North County. Um, stop in and see us up there. We're happy to chat with you. Uh, manager up at that facility for me is Tim. Does an amazing job with all the other guys, Tim and Matt and Aldo and all the technicians and everything. And Kevin runs the transmission department up there, uh, who's on the radio with me all the time, and also my younger brother. Uh, we've both been in the automotive field for years, both master certified technicians. Kevin's a master certified trans builder. Um, so, um, yeah. And uh, West El Cajon Automotive and Transmission out at 844 North Johnson Avenue in El Cajon. AAA approved smog certified out there in East County for almost eight years taking care of folks. Uh, West Kearney Mesa Automotive and Transmission, 8027 Balboa Avenue right in Central San Diego. AAA approved and smog certified over there for four years taking care of folks. In our fourth location, which was added almost two years ago, West Miramar Automotive and Transmission, 5726 Miramar Road in Eastgate Mall. AAA approved and star certified for smog there also. Uh, taking care of folks in the Golden Triangle for coming up on two years. It used to be Miramar 76. Dan, that used to be on the radio with me, if you all remember. Um, we folded that facility in with us, be part of the West Automotive Group, and uh, you can get uh, excellent service and repair at all four locations. Check them out. All of us at the West Automotive Group, myself, my employees, and everybody, uh, we all work together to uh, uh, bring you Auto Talk Radio for one simple reason. We all believe in the same philosophy. We never put money ahead of people. Very important to us. Um, stop in, have your vehicle service and repair, and find out what quality automotive service and repair is all about. Uh, we will treat you like family. The West Automotive Group is also proud to offer uh, six months no interest for your vehicle service and repair needs on approved credit. Uh, call in. We can get you set up over the phone for this. Um, we can, uh, you know, it's great to have. It's a, it's a good, good uh, item to have uh, um, when you're uh, in need, and especially with everything last year we've gone through with the COVID scenario and, and all that. Uh, we know some folks are struggling it's nice to be able to get your vehicle serviced or repaired, keep it in good working order because a vehicle is essential. And uh, um, that way, spread out over six months with no interest to pay for it. It's just like using cash. So um, you uh, ask about uh, one of our cards and we'll get you one of the West Automotive Group cards so that you can use that any time that you need. Um, they're very important to us. Uh, along with, uh, we're still following all the protocols of uh uh, sanitizing keys, wiping things down, and making sure that your vehicle is returned to you uh, in in a cleaner and safe state uh, um, for sure. We want to make sure and take care of our, all our clients, and and all safety measures are in place. You come into our stores, you'll find uh, we're wearing masks, etc. Uh, when interacting with you, and we keep the number of people in the lobby to a very small minimum, uh, and using uh, social distancing practices. So. Uh, if you need your vehicle service, look look us up, and we'll be happy to get you taken care of. Uh, you can also take advantage of our CertiCare transmission diagnosis. Uh, if you think you have a transmission problem, get it in. Let our experts diagnose it uh, so that we can actually figure out what's going on with your vehicle and uh, help you uh, make sure that you don't end up with a repair you don't need. We all too often see things called out as transmission concerns, and they're not a transmission concern. Um. We also offer free shuttle rides to or from work or home uh, here to help you out. And we keep, obviously, uh, minimized uh, to uh, one client at a time in the shuttle vehicles. That way, uh, uh, we keep everybody separated and social distanced. Um, also, you can uh, go to westautomotivegroup.com. That's westautomotivegroup.com. You can see all about us. You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram uh, and uh you can do that through westautomotivegroup.com. You can also make appointments, et cetera, for all four locations or 
phone numbers are there. You can also give us a ring. So that's westautomotivegroup.com. Uh, from there, you can also go to the Auto Man segments uh, where you will find I am the Auto Man for the CW, uh, Channel 6 here in San Diego, uh, if you're on Cox or whatever, but uh, the, the CW channel. And you can see uh, me on the Auto Man on Friday morning news or Friday uh, evening news. Uh, and also you can... Uh, um, on uh, Fox 5 on Wednesday morning news between 9.45 and 10 a.m. You will find I'm also uh, live on there. So check it out. That's uh, uh, the Auto Man segments off of westautomotivegroup.com. You can click right through. Or you can also click through the Auto Talk Radio where we put all the podcasts from the show uh, as far as that goes there. And you can listen right off of there. And if you missed one or you can listen live right through there. Uh, you can also uh, uh, go, if you follow us on Facebook, uh, uh, there's how to, how to uh, uh, listen to, you know, you can go find The Answer San Diego 1170 and download uh, the app, et cetera, and listen live that way on any of your listening devices. Uh, but podcasts are also available through uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Deezer, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio.com, and tune in. All of our podcasts are available on all of those so that we want to make it as easy as possible for y'all to uh, um, follow us as far as that goes. And just look for the answer, San Diego 1170, Auto Talk Radio, and uh, you will find us. You can listen. Uh, you can email us anytime at autotalk at westautomotivegroup.com. That's autotalk at westautomotivegroup.com. Okay, so we're talking about uh, codes and stuff, and boy, we dove into this because there's a lot to this with diagnosing vehicles properly and and items that can cause big issues obviously that uh you get a code and it's not even what's causing it exactly yeah so one of the most common is the poor catalytic converter we see a lot of po420 codes um but like you said the monitor didn't run on yours but when the monitor does run on this a lot of things can cause a catalyst not to to have the right efficiency, right? Yes, starting with an O2 sensor. Starting with an O2 sensor is <laughs> one of them. Yeah, the monitoring O2 or, or air fuel ratio sensor on it. Um, lean conditions can cause a cat not to be working fine. Exhaust leak. Exhaust leaks can cause a cat not to be working fine. Uh, and, and the poor cat gets blamed. It used to get blamed a lot during smog testing. Everybody would be like, oh, I think just throw a cat on it. If no, it's running rich, put a cat on it. It's running rich, but <laughs> it'll fix the emissions for a day or two until it burns the new cat out from too, running too rich. <laughs> That's the problem. That is definitely a problem. Yeah, it can get quite expensive. So the the point to all this is is once again, you know, like we said, diagnosing and diagnosing things properly is extremely uh, important. Um, but when it comes to all this, so so catalyst issues are one of the biggest codes seen and for multiple things. We even see cars that the software has been changed because the monitoring uh, uh, criteria was too tight. Yes. So and, and it and cars that the stuff is working fine. The software just uh, takes an indication that it's outside of perimeters and it sets a check engine light. Um, so it's important to have all the information for a vehicle at your fingertips when making a determination because a vehicle like that, if you put a catalyst on it, it will not fix the concern and you'll once again end up with a a catalyst code. Yeah, because you still have bad software. <laughs> exactly. And it's still monitoring outside. Yeah, so they change the criteria on some of these, which is important um, as far as that goes. Um a catalyst is an expensive thing to replace. Just uh, especially in this day and age. Yeah, especially because a lot. And oh, here's a oh. Speaking of catalyst, which is very interesting, we had a uh, um um. Here's another thing: when when replacing components and having somebody do it, it becomes extremely important that somebody qualified knows how to do it or doing it for you. Um, we had a BMW in the other day that failed smog for catalytic converters. Now, you'll like this because uh, somebody had replaced the catalyst on the vehicle recently. <clears throat> and they used the Air Resources Board approved, the, the proper catalyst for the vehicle. But here was the thing. If you replaced it with these aftermarket cats, you had to change the configuration where it went to one catalyst too. So what they did was they this had dual catalysts from BMW originally. Uh-huh. 
So if you replaced it with these this aftermarket cat, you had to turn it into a one cat system. Okay. Okay. Not dual cats. Right. Well, they just welded in dual cats. They cut out the old ones and welded in dual cats. So that 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 is a tampered system. It is not how the it was certified for that vehicle through the Air Resources Board. Right. And now it's a problem. So she spent a lot of money having cats put on this vehicle, I can guarantee you. And whoever did it didn't know, um, didn't read the Air Resources Board thing. So um, you're required to to have a uh, uh, ARB number or ARD number, I'm sorry. Um, ARB number. ARD is Auto Repair Dealer's License. Um, but uh, anyway, it's not uh, correct. Well, thank goodness they at least put the right cats on it. So now, now she's just got to go to the referee and have it bar certified, right? Correct. Which Correct. is time and money. No, well, no, 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 no. She, it has to be put to the way that is required for those catalysts. So now it will have to be changed to a one cat system. It's not legal. Oh, because they put dual cats in it. They put dual cats in it, which it had originally. But it should have only had but one this cat. cat. The cats that were certified aftermarket for this had to be in a single exhaust system so you had to change the exhaust system to a single exhaust going into one oh, cat. so there's still a lot of work gonna be done yeah okay whoever did I, I didn't do it properly mm. it's gonna cost her a lot so but we see see that sometimes you know so it's an imperative you know um somebody called the other day i was down in miramar helping out and uh uh with a question about uh air intake on a vehicle and and then so and there's all these things you need to know with with smog that's very imperative and sometimes we get folks that are uh, and and I'm talking about this because it has to do with trouble codes and things like that but sometimes with uh, uh, components we get people that are upset like cold air intake put on a vehicle but it's not for that year yes it fits on let's take like a Nissan Titan it fits on the Nissan Titan in that and it it goes right into place and it's an aftermarket cold air intake. But the 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 number for it is not for that year engine makeup, et cetera. It has to be exactly for that year in engine makeup. If it is, it's fine. I had the guy that called the other said said somebody told me the sticker has to be on it. Well, that's not true. What it has to be is that it has to be certified for that year engine makeup model, et cetera, and we can look it up. It's gotta have the right sticker on it. <laughs> What well <laughs> we need to know the brand of the cold air intake that has to be able to be be determined. But if you look it up and you can verify, because there's all pictures too, we can verify was it made for this vehicle? Is it certified for that engine makeup and that year and make a model? If it is, yes, then it's not a problem, and and we use the ARB number. So they make things. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to be checked when you go. To there's smoke. a you lot. You got to be really careful what you do to your car. If it, and if you are going to go to a cold air intake, it's always best to save your old stuff just in case. In case you're wrong and it wasn't air certified, that you can go back to your original stuff. Well, that'd be a good idea too. Yes, yeah. Or just don't buy anything that's not certified for your vehicle, obviously, and put on it. But uh, these things can also. And that one another thing is is folks that uh, don't realize. But if you you have a check engine light, which is what we're talking about, and it's let's say an EVAP code, and you clear it, and then you go into smog. Well, all the monitors haven't run. Your car will fail for smog because that's a functional test of it. <clears throat> right? So, okay. This is my, my question, though. Is, is when, when your monitors aren't run, is it actually considered a fail when you run through the test like that? Yep. Fails. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because all the monitors have to be what we call complete that are on your vehicle. Okay. So, well, I didn't know. If sometimes they'd... certain vehicles can like like uh, uh, not have like. Uh, evap run like one that one monitor yeah, yeah. certain years certain vehicles so well, yeah i didn't know if the monitor thing just considered it a a, a, a a not pass or considered it a fail or i didn't know how it considered it you get you know what i'm saying it fails for that okay, okay. so yeah one of those things um so anyway as as we talk about this a uh, lot of this obviously has to do with smog, which becomes, and the reason I bring that up, it becomes extremely frustrating for some people because their vehicle doesn't pass smog because of this. The other thing that we see is, which we always try, you know, if somebody was to tell us, like, just put a new battery in it, I'd be like, your monitors definitely have not run on this vehicle and it's going to fail. But a lot of folks don't tell you. No, they don't say a word. Just bring the vehicle in for smog and then you go to smog it and it fails. And that part is after 
You know, it's when it plugs in and all that. And and here's the other part to that: when it does fail smog, for that, the next time it comes back for smog, it's not. We just can't check and then sign it off. It doesn't but work that way. You got to run a whole smog test. Again. This is another thing, though. Some people don't don't. Some people don't realize that changing the battery is going to bother anything. I mean, they don't know. Yeah, they, I agree. So, I mean, that's why they didn't say anything because they didn't. I mean, oh, no, they, no, no. Because you know what? They and, and, they, and, and I don't mean this in a mean way or anything like that, but they don't realize it's not their 1970 Chevy anymore. You know what I mean? They, they. So one of the things we do if we replace a battery on your vehicle, our service consultants, uh, you know, whoever's working with you often make sure like, hey, you're not planning on smogging this vehicle anytime soon, right? Because, you know, everything's going to be deleted inside here. So. We, we have that conversation a lot. But if you do it yourself, you like go to an auto parts store and buy a battery, do it yourself, you would, nobody's telling you, so you wouldn't know. No. But you learn quickly when your car fails smog. Yes. Yeah. But it's not the smog tech's fault. That's the way the system's set up. So, And you don't see those monitors until you're into the test and it's running and it checks it. Because that's the way the state set up the thing. So That's the way the state set it up. Someone be mad at the state. Yeah, email the state of California. <laughs> yeah. See how fast you get a response. Yeah, email the guy that's running this place. <laughs> sure, he's getting a lot of nasty emails this past year anyway. So for the way he's handled everything else. So why not the smog program too? Anyway. So, but uh, yes, in, in, in Port and... Uh, um, to know these kind of things and, and ask questions. Yeah. So if you've had any work done on your vehicle, et cetera, another thing is fix and check engine light. When we're done fixing it, you have to clear everything, right? Yes. So when you do that and you clear everything, once again, the monitors haven't run. You got to go through the whole process. <laughs> cracks me up is the monitors are clear, but now they have these things, the, the, the code that stays, the permanent code. Permanent DTC. Which has to have so many miles and go through so many criteria for it to go away. Now, it'll yep. clear all the monitors, but it'll leave that code in there and make you get rid of that. Well, correct. So and that's another newer thing now that's permanent DTCs that we work with. And uh, um, as far as that goes, we'll get into that here uh, just shortly, uh, which is a very important thing and, 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 and can cause grief, obviously, when smogging and also, but it's the systems are just better. So we're going to take our last break here. You're listening to Auto Talk Radio on The Answer San Diego and K-Praise. We'll be right back after these messages. There's more Auto Talk education and empowerment on the way here on Auto Talk Radio. Get on the line and get your automotive questions answered by the Auto Man here on Auto Talk Radio. Brian Bowersock, 888-344-1170. Now, here's more Auto Talk with Brian Bowersock. All right, folks, welcome back to Auto Talk. <laughs> welcome back to Auto Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brian Bowersock. In the house with me is my co-host still, Mr. Kevin Bowersock, and we appreciate you joining us here. January 2nd, 2021. We've been waiting to say this for a whole year. No comment. Well, uh, this is the part <laughs> when I go, is this year going to be any different than any other year? So th- that's why I'm know. like, that's why I don't really go like, yeah, you know what I mean? Every year. It's nice to see the year behind you leave you, especially if it wasn't a great year. But I can't I can't go into the new one thinking it's just going to change because one day changed. You know what I mean? <laughs> Last year wasn't terrible, except Ooh. for all the crap that we had to deal with i mean as far as but you know what keep your head up and keep moving forward and, and eventually you'll come out of it but uh i got i got i got pretty lucky last year though because i'm not very i don't normally we normally been doing a lot of camping and stuff like that so much of my stuff didn't change true true so and, 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 I, and although you have to wear a mask in a lot of places and when you go grocery shopping etc and all that stuff so i don't normally do that though the wife does it so, oh, you don't wear a mask or you don't go grocery shopping? I don't go grocery shopping. Oh. I mean, I don't have to because she does it during the day or whatever, so I don't... And you're right. You're in the trans department uh, uh, dealing with cars and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm all the way in the back yourself. of the building. <laughs> I'm back there by myself, so I don't have to wear a mask half the time. <laughs> yeah, true. So I guess really it hasn't changed a lot for you, which works no. out good. No, I mean, yeah. For me, it's... You know, it's not much different, so I'm not... Still in Kevin's world. Yes. <laughs> it's all good. All right, folks, we appreciate you joining us this morning here uh, uh 2021. And you know what? Uh, we're going to c- continue on with Auto Talk and have some really great Auto Talk stuff in and, and, uh, and this year. And hopefully uh, some of the things that have bothered some of us this past year are gone and uh, continue on. But you need to keep your car in good working order. And today we're talking about check engine lights and trouble codes and things like that. And we got uh, D 
deep into smog stuff and, and permanent DTCs. But before I continue on with that, I want to remind folks the show is also brought to you by Interstate Batteries, a battery for every need. Interstate Batteries are the highest quality batteries out there. We do not stock nor sell any other batteries at the West Automotive Group for one simple reason. They truly are the highest quality batteries and are the technician's choice worldwide when it comes to automotive uh, and truck-related batteries. Extremely important uh, to have an interstate battery installed. You will not find an any other batteries underneath the seats of our motorcycles, jet skis, under the hoods of our cars or trucks. We believe in interstate batteries. Why? Because they truly are the highest quality batteries. If you needed a battery for a vehicle need, just uh, hit the westautomotivegroup.com. That's the westautomotivegroup.com and make an appointment or give us a shout. We'll get you in and get you uh, an interstate battery installed. If you need a battery for any other need, check them out at their storefronts, 9345 Cabot Drive in Miramar. Or in La Mesa at 70th and University. Interstate batteries, battery for every need. And they truly have a battery for every need. Stop messing with the mic, Kevin. Anyway, so uh, check them out. Interstate batteries. Um, so we're talking about permanent DTCs when we took our break a minute ago. Um, so this is a, a new thing that showed up. Not showed up. It's been programmed in in the past, I think, five years ago was the start of four years of five. Some. Anyway. So what happens is uh, these are codes that set that can only be cleared by going through kind of a drive cycle kind of thing, but it's extended. It's not just running the monitor. It's clearing the permanent DTC, which often requires so many key cycles also and things like that, not just a drive cycle to follow. So uh, um, it's very imperative that you, uh, um, as far as uh, when it comes to... uh, uh, those that they're clear because cars will fail smog for a permanent DTC also. So, which we were discussing uh, kind of off the air a minute ago. But uh, um, in the criteria to clear those for each one is different. So, uh, this is uh, making sure that the repairs done are quality and good. It basically is what happens. So, whatever caused the DTC. Uh, uh, and what's DTC stand for? Diagnostic trouble code. Okay. Just so everybody knows, because I keep saying DTC, and I'm so it's a permanent diagnostic trouble code, they call it. Uh, um, uh, but it can be cleared. It just requires a lot more effort. Like I said, often sometimes it'll be like a t- 15 key cycles, uh, four warm up cycles. Uh, you know, just so there's different things involved in it. And it's very important that you follow those to get the DTC to clear. Because if you try to, uh, smog a car with a permanent, what's called a permanent DTC, it, uh, it will fail smog. So um, important to know, important for smog folks to know. All right, so let's continue on with uh, diagnostic trouble codes and trouble codes on it. So the other one is, the, the second most common is what's called a 171, or a, uh, and these are all global codes. They're generic. There are manufacturer specific. Now that's a whole nother world we can get into, right? When yes, because... <laughs> Not every car would follow this, 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 uh, this, this random of codes. These are th- this these codes are every manufacturer. These are global. Everybody yes. uses the codes we're talking about right now. Yes, but they also have uh, inside there that we work with often. You will not pick them up with your little scanner at the auto parts store, but uh, uh, which are called uh, manufacturer specific codes uh, for all kinds of things that help us diagnose vehicles. Another important thing. Uh, but uh, um, so a fuel trim system lean bank one is a PO 171. Uh, the reason why bank one and not bank two is more common is because we got a lot more small engines out there running around that are just four cylinders. So they are considered one bank, right? That's it. Yes. So um, and lean codes are quite common, like with the catalyst and often are set at the same time a catalyst code is set because of the conditions that are happening. So um Lean codes can be tricky. The sensors that set those codes and tell on it aren't usually having a problem. They've just picked up a problem. Like we were talking about oxygen sensors and and uh, um, um, not only oxygen sensors, but uh, uh, air fuel ratio sensors and, and monitoring uh, sensors in the exhaust that uh, often will set lean codes. But it's not the sensor's fault. There's something else going on. What caused the lean code often? 
Well, you can have an intake. I mean, you can have an in, or, or I just say vacuum, vacuum leak. leak. I was going to say intake leak, but vacuum that leak is probably. a vacuum leak. But. I mean, even a mass airflow sensor can cause a, a. Oh yeah, a dirty mass airflow sensor can cause a lean code. Like yeah. you get the hot wire gets a bunch of junk on it. Uh, how does that happen? Well, not replacing your air filter is one way that you do it, or replacing your air filter with a a cheap. Cheap, cheap, cheap air filter that gets tears in it, lets contaminants by. The hot wire attracts those. What's the hot wire? That's a wire that's across the center of this sensor that all the air flows through going into your engine. And by by the air going across it and how it changes the temperature of that wire, the mass air flow sensor makes a determination of the gross amount of air coming in, therefore adjusting fuel ratios. Because the more air you get, the more fuel you need, right? Yes, and this is a this is a great one because you probably know this one too. What what is the number one reason that they get contaminated? Well, it, it used to be aftermarket air filters. No, it's tire rubber. <laughs> oh yeah, huh? Because because of all gets the sucked fucking, up through the well, end. tires aren't made out of the same compound they were back in the 1970s. Anyways, we're Correct. into a new yeah. So I did forget about that. That's why, like when you're driving down the road, especially after it rains, now it'll actually clean. You know, because like most most interstates or freeways anywhere are concrete. You know, to, to, for but, wear. Yeah, but you notice that the, the roads get so much cleaner because all that tire rubber is left behind. Just from even going down the road, your tires are leaving little particles of rubber. Oh, so. There's little particles of rubber all over this world for exactly. sure. Exactly. So that they say that that's the number one contamination on the on the hot wire of the mass airflow sensor. And I guess where that comes important is changing your air filter regularly because it will pick most of that up. Yes. And also not using a low quality air filter because a low quality paper filter. Uh, they get tears in them real quickly, and they let contaminants pass through, which cause more mass airflow sensor issues. Well, and you know what? Not always because the filter's dirty. You should just change it. It's kind of one of those things you should do, like every other oil change or every oil change, depending what kind of road conditions you're in or whatever like that. So exactly, I mean, it's a good idea to just change the air filter. Check it. Change it regularly. Yeah. should yeah. always be looked at during your service. You know, you can you can see the dirt in it. Just Just replace it and... Move on. Yes. It's not that expensive. Most of some of them are expensive, but it's not. For the most part, it's way cheaper than a mass airflow sensor, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. And it keeps your car in good working order. It also keeps it pre- breathing. Well, can, it does, and it mm-hmm. keeps wear from other things because all that grit and sign and stuff that's going. If it went past the mass airflow sensor, guess where it went? Into the end. Right in the combustion chamber. Yeah, it's on the it's on the cylinder walls, the rings, et cetera, and it causes wear over time. So, yeah, replace that filter when you can. All right, so issues that cause lean codes, number two. I don't think we're going to get through all these, man. There's a lot of them here. No, they kind of go back. I mean, because because they just took a compile of all vehicles and said this is number one, because they do kind of go back, because right after we get to the EGR, then we go back to <laughs> lean system bank two. Well, that's because there's more less, four cylinders out th- there. Th- that's than, right. Mm-hmm. They, 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 well, and even an eight cylinder can set or a six cylinder can set a bank lean yes. one. So there's more chances of that to be set than yeah, there exactly. is bank two for sure. Uh, EGR, which I would think is going to start to decline. We don't we don't have as many EGR cars. Say, a lot of cars don't have even EGRs anymore. Not now. Not in the last few years. Yeah. So um, but uh, used to be a big problem. And I think why that was such a big problem is 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 the passages plug up over time. Well, not, not and, like and the, it just doesn't operate properly. You know, the funny thing is we haven't had a lot of EGR problems since, uh, let's say, the 90s. Remember because they tried to build like PWM solenoids so they weren't so on and off. Mm-hmm. And they had a lot of problems with it when you get the car that mm, mm. You know, like my favorite, my favorite with EGR valves used to be the GM ones that would just stick open. Uh-huh. And so it, when it's stuck open after operating, then like the car comes to a stop and it boom, stall each time. Yeah. Why? Because you're getting exhaust gas recirculated into the intake, which is leaning the car out and it can't stay running. I was going to say, basically you got a vacuum leak. Yeah. 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 Correct. So we used to see a lot of problems with that. And the other thing then EGR codes would happen because uh, f- insufficient flow, the passage where the EGR gas would run from the exhaust into the intake during during higher RPM, RPM operating, uh, the car would not, the sensors would not see a change in the flow of that. So there was many ways to monitor it. Once uh, Toyota's used temperature sensors, uh, others used uh, the barrow and map uh, change. There's been all kinds of ways to, to monitor it, but uh, uh, that's why that plug up with carbon. 
And what used to help reduce that is if you did induction services regularly, things like that, you'd keep the amount of carbon reduced in the intake and stuff like that and, and it could uh, help uh, foil having EGR problems. I did a couple carbon repairs, but I, I, I did a lot more of the other repairs. Like, you know, GM tried to do their PWM when it closed so that you'd get that going on the road. Ford had their EGR problems back in the late 80s, early 90s because they tried to use the little the little uh, sensor on top of these yards to, yeah. to determine where it was at position sensor. Yeah. They would, they would fail. You know, everybody had their own little. Yeah. That was a potentiometer on top of the, the, those EGR valves for Ford. Yeah. Like a TPS. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, same thing. Um, yeah. And the ones you're talking about were the three stage uh, EGR valves that GM used. So they would like, uh, a little now, a little more now, a little yeah, more now, yeah. but but you get one stage of stuck or something like that. It would cause drivability concerns. <laughs> yeah, that's because you'd be on the freeway like... Mm, mm, yeah, hesitations yeah. And, and things like that. So, yeah, a lot of these things can cause very strange issues to go on with a vehicle, if so. Um, yeah, and the next one then, uh, of course, was the fuel trim system lean bank two, which is same as fuel trim lean bank one, except for it's a different bank. bank. It's a different bank of the motor. So it's just telling on one side or the other of the motor. Once again, if you have a four cylinder, you can never have a lean bank two that I'm aware of, unless you actually, I'm sure there's a car out there somewhere that monitors two cylinders at a time and they could have multiple cats for it. It is possible. Uh, but, we haven't uh, seen it yet. Uh, well, I don't remember any off the top of my head. So don't call and yell at me if you know it, one. Okay, it could be. But most four cylinders, three cylinders, all just ha- are considered one bank. We're going the normal direction right now. We're going We're going with the with, with what, yeah, we see the most. So uh, important stuff there as far as that goes. Um, yeah, so number five. Then, of course, and, and so the fuel trim system lean bank two is a PO 174, by the way, and a PO 401 is exhaust gas recirculation. These numbers probably don't mean much to you. They mean a lot more to us, but uh, they're just the generic global codes that go with it. Honestly, number five, I don't see as much as I used to see either. Yeah. So, no, no. Well, because you know what? Most the systems people, are better. Yeah, well, not only that, most people are gotten really good at tightening their gas cap, too. I mean, it's just something that they they... You know what I mean? It's something that they had to get used to. You brought up a good point, too. Uh, so number five is PO442, evaporated emissions, small leak detected. Now, also on small leak detected, a lot of cars show a little gas cap on the dash, too, That's, when they do to tell you to check it. And, and the way you can do that is you can check that if your gas cap's loose, tighten it, uh, make sure it's tight. Although most cars now, like uh, some of the newer cars we buy, we they don't even have gas caps. They have those little flappers that, you know, just so you don't even take the gas cap off. You know the weird thing those is those are going to wear out. Well, they do. I've replaced a couple of them, and uh, the gas cap thing. You know what? I've mine has been tight. Let's say I haven't put gas in my fuel. Let's say I didn't really drive that truck like for the week, uh-huh. and I and I filled it up and I drove it a couple times. So it's got you know half tank, three quarters tank, and then it sat for four or five days, and then you drive it again, and then you get an evap thing where the cap. If it gets hot, and I mean, because you know what. Especially here in San Diego, it can get cool at night and then really hot during the day. Temperature Correct. changes like that. I've had to loosen up my cap before. So, I mean, because it is a yeah, plastic cap. It doesn't happen and it, a whole day. Yeah. It, well, well, yeah. well just the seal starting to wear out on it, really. Well, and I, it well, that's what I'm saying. And I know that the cap was tight because I already drove it for half a tank. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. then and then it came. So, And then I noticed that it was tight again. So, I mean, it does happen. So That'd be a good time to put a new gas cap on it, to be honest with you. <laughs> Just tighten it back down again. Let's go. Great. Okay. Awesome. Um, but evaporative emissions leaks, uh, that's some of the stuff that comes up with those for sure. Uh, <clears throat> next one is a PO300 random misfire detected. We see this a lot. And you can have misfires. Uh, and this is not on a specific cylinder. Um, so, and you can have misfires jump around on things such as lean conditions once again, somebody might see a misfire and think, oh, I need to put spark plugs in my car or whatever, and it may not even be related to that. It can be a fuel condition, could be a mass airflow sensor condition, uh, where the system is because of a dirty wire, it's leaning the system out under load, and then you get multiple misfires. There's all kinds of things that cause that, right? No bad fuel, whatever. Whatever made the cylinder misfire, and especially a random one, we know it's not happening in just one cylinder. Good example. And let's talk about the lean thing for, for a second. We just had a Hyundai in recently <laughs> that car was a all the data showed everything good but this car would set lean codes 
and we end finally ended up. I talked to a good uh, good friend and Brian uh, Perrin that's been on the radio here with me before, um, and uh, and and our techs were talking it back and forth along with the input from him and 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 looking at the fuel and something was wrong with the fuel in this car. So the fuel and it didn't have any drivability concerns. It would just set lean codes. So the fuel in this car um, looked. I don't know what was in it. I don't know where it came from. I don't know if somebody added something to the tank. But the answer to that was, and this is a direct injected late model vehicle. I think it's 2006. They're very sensitive. Let's put it very that way. Sensitive, too. Very sensitive. Very sensitive. So uh, ended up uh, recommended changing out all the fuel and the fuel filters and see where we go from there. And that's what they're working on doing now. So And drive it. Well. With yeah. some, and I said, whatever you do, buy some good quality, high octane fuel, ninety one, ninety two octane, and keep driving this car. Well, this is where we have the problem too, because most cars are. Uh, it's not not that this. Is, first of all, it could have been an accident where E eighty five ended up in the wrong tank, anyways. Could have, but the fuel didn't look like E eighty five is very clear. This fuel didn't look like E eighty five. Yeah, but if in in the blending, if they have too much alcohol, which a lot of cars have, and we of, there's a test we do for that. Yes. So in alcohol, they can, have, they can have too much. It just depends who blended. And if, it, if you know what, I, things could have got mixed. Who knows? I mean, every now way. and then you get a weird scenario like that with a vehicle and this vehicle that we were looking for that too. also alcohol, too much alcohol content in the fuel. And we, you can do a water test that we measured out, bought a special beaker that we have and all that to do so. And uh, but uh, yes, too much alcohol on a non E85 car uh, will cause lean conditions and weird burning and sometimes drivability conditions so just one of those things for Cause, sure because alcohol burns so clean it's almost lean that's true so, i mean just it's true it's so. true true very very true so uh anyway uh some good stuff there along with that and uh um you know just yeah it's one of the one of those things uh, need to stay on top of if you do have these problems and once again this that is a car that somebody could have thrown a ton of parts at and not fixed. That's why we went through the process that we did. We never, never put one part on this vehicle. We just kept testing to figure out what was going on. Good. All right. So we've run this down, Kevin. It's been, a, we appreciate everybody joining us uh, this morning uh, here on Auto Talk Radio. Uh, first show of 2021 and hopefully many more for the rest of the year. We hope to do 52 of these. This is just one. We got 50, 51 more to go. This year started off really great. We're here we go. 2021. <laughs> we appreciate everybody joining us. Uh want to remind you, keep the rubber side down and shiny side up. Uh, we uh, look forward to having you uh, with us next Saturday once again. Hope everybody had a safe year and uh, or a safe new year, I would say. Hopefully everybody uh, is staying safe and staying well. Uh, check us out at westautomotivegroup.com. And until next Saturday. This has been Auto Talk Radio on The Answer San Diego and K-Praise. See you next Saturday. Bye. For answers to all your automotive questions, tune in every week at this same time for Auto Talk with Brian Bowersock. To learn more about Brian, become a guest or sponsor of the show, or if you have additional questions, visit thewestautomotivegroup.com. That's thewestautomotivegroup.com. And click on Auto Talk Radio. Join us again next week for more Auto Talk.